0: We ask that you stay tuned to our program and keep us in prayer that the technology and everything will work without any glitches. Of course, our lines will be open for those of you that would like to participate in today's program. The local number is 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537. Feel free to text in your questions or your comments. Today's subject matter will be that of Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, the God and Magog War and its timing. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer.
1: I'd be happy to, Pastor Vic. Thank you so much. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time that we can spend studying your word. Lord, you have given us an amazing passage about a future event that uh, looks like it's coming up soon. And the word, we just ask that you open up your Bible to us, that we may understand this more. And Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for all those who are listening in and just praise you for it in your precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you're tuning into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista Nathan Jones as we talk about the God-May-God God War. Well, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. also want to thank you for tuning in live there via T-Wave.TV, as well as live stream. It's great to have you on. And Also, for those of you that find yourselves in the... Aventura-Hollandale area this November 8th, Saturday. Make sure that you stop in for Pastors and Leaders Conference here at Calvary Chapel Aventura. We'd love to have you be part of that. You can get more information again by calling 305-992-9537 and the conference will be open for everyone this year and our theme and the topic will be that of watch as the Lord told us to watch and be ready for he can return at any moment. Also stay tuned during the week for the Pastors Perspective, the House of Prayer, and of course Tuesdays and Wednesdays here for the Bible prophecy programs and of course again you can always reach out to us for more information at 321-363-8463 as well or 321 and time so again thank you for tuning in to our program today here on twave.org and also on twave.tv but before we continue today's program I want to welcome my special guest evangelist Nathan Jones with Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan thank you for being on the program with me again.
1: I enjoy it. So much. Thank you, Pastor Vic, for having me on yet again.
0: It's always a joy and a, and a lot of fun to have you on the program. And of course, Nathan, every week I ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing your contact information, just for those that maybe are tuned in for the first time and they're not familiar with the Lamb and Lion Ministry and all the wonderful resources that you guys offer.
1: Certainly, certainly. Well, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. That's our mission, is to let people know that Jesus is coming soon. That's exciting, and we want to tell people about it. We do that through our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which is on 17 networks all across the world, like Daystar and Church Channel. Uh, You can go to our website at lamblion.com and come and watch those programs as well. We also have articles and uh, social groups and newsletter, blogs, uh, you name it, we got it. We're trying to get that word out. And if you want to learn more about Bible prophecy, come to our website, please, at landlion.com.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan. And, of course, again, just a great resource for uh, educating yourself in eschatology and Bible prophecy there with Dr. Reagan and just the whole crew. They do an excellent job when it comes to Bible prophecy. And of course, Nathan, you and I have been having a uh, a lot of fun in our program. Man, last week we started tackling a little bit of a controversial subject there. We we got into Halloween, right?
1: Yes, we did. Yes, we did. A lot of Christians want to know if, if they should be out there celebrating Halloween. They also want to know about Christmas and Easter. And, you know, we take it for granted because we've been doing it all our lives, but some people, they struggle with that. So it was a very good choice, Pastor Vic. I'm glad you decided that we need to talk about that. And, I'm, you mentioned a pastor's conference you all are hosting on Bible prophecy, and i got to commend you for that, too. That's awesome.
0: Yes, Nathan, thank you so much. We do our annual uh, conference here for the pastors and leaders of the Calvary chapels in the areas. And uh, this year we're just basically doing the topic on watch because the Lord calls us to be ready. So uh, just to encourage others, Nathan, to get into the topic of eschatology and Bible prophecy, because I think you would agree that there are many out there, right, that they're sort of scared of it, even pastors. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think a lot of pastors are scared of talking about Bible prophecy. They don't understand it, and so they don't bother with it. And yet 31% of the Bible is God's prophetic word. He wants us to know what the future holds. He tells us that it's supposed to give us hope. And uh, when we don't share that, we're not sharing that hope with people. So I encourage pastors who are listening in and going to your conference, get into what God has to say about the Bible and about prophecy. We can help you as Lamb and Lion Ministries. Uh, We have plenty of materials that will help you in your studies and, and give that hope to people.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Nathan. And it's just encouraging to be able to study the Word of God and man to know what's coming. Why wouldn't people want to know what's up ahead? Especially if the Bible talks about it, right, Nathan?
1: Exactly. I mean stop going to to palm readers and soothsayers <laughs> and all those, you know, crazy uh people that are, aren't legit and, and now go to the Bible, God's Word, where where Bible prophecy always is fulfilled. And since it has a 100% track record of fulfillment, we
0: know what the Bible says about the future come true. Absolutely. That is excellent. And, of course, Nathan, we know that there's individuals out there that maybe they're not very familiar uh, with Bible prophecy, and that's part of why we do these programs. So We also do the program on Tuesday for the Calvary Chapel Bible Prophecy School of Ministry Radio edition as well, and it's just to help equip individuals to uh, hey, we're, uh, I don't I don't know everything there is to know about Bible prophecy, Nathan, but as we go through the scriptures, the Holy Spirit teaches us, right? Exactly, exactly. It's, you're
1: never going to learn unless you actually get in the Word and, and pray to the Lord to give your His Holy Spirit so you can understand it better. Get into other materials and, and, and read about them because sometimes we misunderstand the Holy Spirit and we come up with some very interesting interpretation, so <laughs> it's important to see what the, the experts think and weigh them against the Bible, you know, and, and like you said, we're, we're always learning. I, I get to meet some of the, the biggest names in the study of Bible prophecy, and they tell me even in their advanced years that they're still learning every day, so there's always something new to learn.
0: Exactly, and that's why we're, we're called to be students, right, Nathan, because the Holy yeah. Spirit is always revealing things to us.
1: Yes, exactly. That The Bible, I believe, is endless. I, I think we're going to be studying God's Word, even in heaven, and be like, oh, you know, and if you don't understand something, run over to Moses. Moses, what did you mean by that? You know, or, or go to Jesus himself. Jesus, I just didn't understand that parable. Can you explain it to me? And I think we'll always be learning and growing and understanding, but you've got to take that first step and, and actually open your Bible and, and start reading
0: God's Word. Mm, I love that, Nathan. I love that. Thank you so much. And of course. Last week, that is exactly what we began to do regarding this very important topic, and a very exciting one, found in Ezekiel's chapter 8 and 39 of the Gog and Magog War. And you and I touched a little bit about the timing on that, Nathan, and you share with us approximately what your thoughts were on that. Can you refresh our memories, and then we'll jump into Ezekiel 38?
1: Certainly, certainly. Well, when you get in Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37, it gives a prophecy called the Valley of Dry Bones. It's about Israel coming back as a nation again. Now, what's amazing about that is back in 70 A.D., the Romans kicked the Jews out of their country. They spread them to the four corners of the world. And for the last 1900 years, the Jewish people have lived as vagrants or vagabonds, depends on what country, how how they looked at it, and constantly moving them along, shuffling them along throughout the world. They've been a people without a home. But then in May of 1948, following a U.N. resolution in 1947, and of course the the fallout of World War II with the Holocaust, the world wanted to give Israel back their land. Now, many Jews had already went in. They would bought most of the land and were reviving it. The, The Romans left it desolate, and for hundreds of years, The land of Israel was desolate, but you can go to Israel today and see it's a bounty. They've restored the land. There's about half the amount of the Jews in the world, around 6 million or so, live in Israel today. So it's a fulfillment of that prophecy that Israel would become a nation again. And that sets us up for the prophecies that we read about in Ezekiel 38 and 39, about this incredible war called the Gog and Magog War that will happen against Israel And then we move right into, uh, followed by this, is Ezekiel chapter 40 through 48, which is the millennial kingdom, the the return of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning on this earth. So this is an amazing uh, two chapters that you want to cover, Pastor Vic, because it gives us more detail about this battle, about this war, than any other prophetic war, including Armageddon in all of
0: the Bible. Absolutely, and Nathan, and, and we also encourage anyone that is tuned into the program via TWave.tv at TWave.org to get their Bibles and follow along so this way they can have a glimpse of what the Bible has to say, what is to take place uh, in the future. And uh, Nathan, thank you so much. And Last week, you began to uh, take us through this incredible journey, very exciting, uh, highlighting certain words there, talking about the ladder days because we need to pay attention to those uh... uh... road signs along the way right Nathan?
1: exactly exactly because if you look at this war that's supposed to come against israel and then you look at the political alliances that are happening in in the middle east and russia in particular uh, alliances that haven't existed in all of of history it's like wow, this is starting to coalesce It's, it's starting to become a reality and now When it will happen, uh, there's some clues that the the passages will will do give us that we can discuss. But uh, it's pretty evident that we're getting closer to this time with this Gog-Magog war coming onto the earth.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, uh, we noted uh, regarding this passage that um, we were looking last week, verses uh, 1 through 8 in Ezekiel chapter 38, uh, around that that point there. And Nathan, I wanted to see if maybe you can take us a little further uh, in chapter 38, maybe uh, recapping a few of the verses and then moving on from verse 8 and on. Will that work? Certainly,
1: certainly. Well, the first uh, eight verses, it talks about how the Lord is telling the prophet Ezekiel to prophesy against a person called Gog. Now, whether it's a a person, or it's a demon, demonic person, or it's a demon-possessed person, or it's a <laughs> idol. There's this this Gog, and he is a leader of the land of Magog. He is also a priest, uh, excuse me, a prince from what's called Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And in other words, he's this leader. Now, last week, we, we sat down and we went over quite a list of countries that uh, this was talking about, and we learned that the modern-day equivalents of these names is uh Magog is the all the Stan countries, uh, like Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan and all. Rosh is uh the ancient name for the Russian people. so Russia. And so this leader will be uh, from Russia, he will lead Russia, and this coalition of Magog, which is those Stan countries, uh a number of countries that today comprise Turkey, uh Persia, which is Iran, Ethiopia, which is Sudan, and Put, which is now Libya. So So Russia and these major Islamic countries, including Iran, will get together, and they will, according to the beginning of Ezekiel chapter 38, they will have this plan to go down and plunder Israel and destroy it. That's what God wants to do. He wants to plunder Israel, he wants to take its wealth, and he wants to destroy the Jewish people. And that's what sets us off for the following verses.
0: That is awesome, and Nathan, you know, I I love it because today with modern technology, people can simply look at what is called Google Earth, and they can actually zoom in on these areas and see all these countries.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, when Ezekiel was writing this 2,600 years ago, he was using the names of the countries in his time period. But in our time period, of course, we have to look at the equivalents, and we can see that that Russia leads a, a coalition of nations against Israel. Now it's interesting. That the nations directly surrounding Israel, like Lebanon and Jordan and Egypt, aren't mentioned in the list. Uh, uh, Some of the Arab nations, like Saudi Arabia and all, they're not in that list either, although they are mentioned, and we'll get to that in uh, this passage. But uh, they sit it out. So we know that something has to happen before this Magog war for the nations directly sounding Israel, which hate Israel with a passion, and right. certainly be ready to jump into any war. They're not ready to jump in, and you've got to wonder why. So there's another event that has to happen before this, but we know at some point Russia will want the wealth of Israel. Now, Israel recently, uh, just for the last few years, has from, found a tremendous gas find in the Mediterranean Sea. They Interesting. Yeah, for 10 years, they believe that they will be one of the major gas producers of the world. Now, that's in direct competition with Russia, who is the major gas producer for all of uh, Europe and parts of Asia. So Russia has always had its sights on the Middle East. It wants to control the oil fields. And now, well, we can see that they also are coveting Israel's gas fines.
0: Mm. And Nathan, this is why individuals need to pay attention to these clues, because these things line up perfectly, and if we're not paying attention, we might miss these incredible signs.
1: Exactly. As events play out, it starts to give us the puzzle pieces that are missing. Like just five years ago, a lot of people were wondering, well, why in the world would Russia want to attack Israel? Israel at the time, you know, it has a pretty good economy, but nothing worth worth going over to war for, since people thought, well, you know, maybe they'll find uh, oil, you know, maybe there's an oil find and. Uh, Zion Oil and Gas has been looking for oil there. But then Israel found one of the biggest natural gas finds in their territorial water that in this century. And all of a sudden, the world is looking at Israel to become a superpower coming up. And Russia just just economically cannot withstand a major competitor with Israel in the Middle East. And so we're, that fits the puzzle piece missing of why in the world does Russia want to take Israel out of the picture?
0: Mm. Isn't that amazing, just how everything fits into place? And yet the Bible, again, describes it. I like that Ezekiel 38a says, after many days you will be visited in the latter years. Uh, and again, we see just uh, how God is talking about the, the timing. Of course, this was not uh, something that was going to happen back then, but it was going to be for a later year. So Nathan, yeah, if you could take us forward, this will be uh, uh, incredible.
1: Well, you bring up a great point, Pastor Vic. When it talks about latter years or last days, it's pointing to Deuteronomy 4.30. And it says, when you are in distress and all these things have happened to you, talking about Israel, then in the latter days you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. Now, the term distress is also translated as tribulation, and that's where we get the term tribulation. It's a seven-year time period. Uh, we learned, know it's seven years because of Daniel, the book of Daniel that for seven years, Israel will suffer under the worst attacks in in history against a one-world leader called the Antichrist, and the rest of the world will continue to suffer under the judgments of God. And so this time period is coming. So we know, when you talk about timing, that these latter years, last days, in other words, that this war will happen when Israel is being under this terrible attack, this terrible tribulation. Now... For this to happen, you had to have a country of Israel,
0: right? Exactly. (laughs) And that hasn't happened
1: since 1948. So up to 1948, uh, you know, there was nobody who could come and attack Israel. So Israel had to be back in the land again. So that fulfills the prerequisite for this prophecy to, to happen. Um, we know in history, when you read about the Gog-Magog war, that none of these alliances have ever been together. Russia has never been united with Turkey and, and all. And so they, we see these alliances today, so we know that has to happen.
0: That's right. And
1: we also need to know that, um, that uh, there, Ezekiel 3811, I'm going to skip ahead a little here, you will say, I will invade a land of unwalled villages. I will attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people, all of them living without walls or without gates and bars. Now, in Ezekiel's time, they were more nation-states, or even city-states. Right. So the people had to protect their cities, and they did that by putting giant walls around them. Like Jerusalem had a tremendous wall around it. And here Ezekiel is being given this prophecy by God, and he's looking, and he's seeing these these cities in, in Israel, and they're like, they don't have walls. What's up with that, you know? Right. <laughs> he doesn't understand. Oh. And, and The people are peaceful and they're unsuspecting. And when is Israel ever at peace or unsuspecting? They're constantly under attack, war after war after war, and 60 million Arabs want them dead. So there's some point where Israel has to be at peace. They're unsuspecting of a major attack, and they're living without walls and gates and bars, and Israel right now has this tremendous wall that runs through it to keep the Palestinian terrorists out. So I don't believe that when we look at the end-time timing, that that has happened yet. And so that means that there's still some more things that have to happen before this Gog-Magog war. But to get to it, that's where the timing is. We are we are almost ready for the Gog-Magog battle, but there there's a few things missing. One, why the nations surrounding Israel right. are hostile towards it, uh, are subdued and sit out this battle. And two, that Israel is living in a time of peace and unsuspecting of a major attack against it those two things have to happen first before this battle happens.
0: Good point. And Nathan, of course, that was a reference to uh, 38 verse 14 uh, there in Ezekiel, right? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, thus says the Lord God on that day uh, when my people Israel dwell safely, uh, will you not uh, know it? And right. Nathan, you made a good point. And I think also, you know, uh, maybe clarifying to us too, because you, you, you mentioned the, 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 the word distress meaning tribulation, this other also wording to uh, refer to the same thing, right? To the tribulation? Right. Jacob's the trouble.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, Jeremiah 30, verse 7, the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, the tribulations is uh, also called the day of the Lord. Yes. Uh, when you're reading uh, Joel, uh, the book of Joel has got two tremendous chapters about the day of the Lord. And it talks about this time of, of distress that Israel has to face where they uh, have returned to God, which... I'm going to give you the ending here to this war, Uh, (laughs) and we'll we'll get to the end of chapter 39. Israel will turn back to God, but they will not have turned yet to Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And the tribulation, in part, is to bring Israel to their knees and finally accept Jesus as their Savior. God has to do that. He has to slap them on the side of the head and say, hey, I'm working in your life, and okay, I'm glad you've accepted me, but you have not accepted Yeshua as Messiah. And that's
0: got to happen. And people need to understand that God is not through with the nation of Israel. God has a plan and, uh, in our community here, we have thousands upon thousands of Jewish people in the aventura Hollandale uh, area, and we are praying for them more and more all the time, because we know that God is not through with Israel. Right, Nathan?
1: Not at all. Matter of fact, uh, when we get to the end of this war, that we, your people living in Aventura, the Jewish people in your area, will be directly affected by it. And uh, I will get to that. And, hey, maybe they'll listen in. I don't know if we'll get a chance to cover that by the time we get to the end. But... But the Jewish people of the world, after this war, will want to return to Israel. They'll feel compelled to. They'll empty out of the different countries. I'm afraid, man, that by then, Aventura will be empty of all the Jews. (laughs) They will all want to go to Israel. And I'm not making that up. This is what we will be reading in Ezekiel, but the end of this war. But you keep bringing me down to the end of the war. Let's go back, man. Let's (laughs) go back. (laughs) Let's go back. Okay, verse 8. You asked me to start with verse 8. After many days, you will be visited. In the <laughs> latter years, the end times, you will come into a land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. Now, this is a direct prophecy to the Jewish people being taken out of all the countries of the world and returning back to Israel, and to take a land that had been desolate and make it fruitful again. And, brother, we have been seeing that since Israel became a nation again, that the people have been moving back to the land of Israel, and they've been taking the land that was left desolate for hundreds of years and making it fruitful today. Uh, All uh, I can say is, wow, you know?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Nathan, you uh, and also Dr. Reagan pointed out something very important also uh, regarding how many millions of Jews have come to know the Lord and have come back into the land from uh, the establishment, uh, 1948, 1967, and so on, right, Nathan? Like millions.
1: Yes. Uh, I mean, it started actually in the late 1800s uh, with the first Zionist Congress. And Herzl, Theodore Herzl, he he wrote a pamphlet called Judenstock, and it was about how the Jews were never accepted in any country. Right. Anti Semitism reigned. People, they just, they tolerated them at some point, hated them in the other. And it was time for the Jewish people to get their own country. And it it took all the way to 1948 for that to happen, and the Jewish people were only given a third of the land that the U.N. promised them. The rest went to Jordan. So when people say, did the Palestinians need their own state? Uh, Yeah, the U.N. gave them Jordan. Jordan is the Palestinian state. So that's nonsense. But... So this prophecy is absolutely amazing because it requires the Jews to come back to the land, and about half the world's Jews are there now, about six million of them. And it also requires that the uh, Jewish people bring a land that was left desolate by the Romans. And again, Ezekiel prophesied this, you know, almost 700 years before the Romans desolated the land, and that they would restore that land back to fruitfulness, and you can go to Israel today and see that the Jews have made it a garden
0: once more. Oh, man, that is so cool. You know, Nathan, I really haven't had the privilege to go there yet, but I'm hoping by next year, we were hoping to go this year to Israel, but everything you're saying, I mean, of course, I've seen photos. You've been there a number of times, and it's just amazing.
1: It is. I've been there three times, and, and brother, we need to get you on one of our Israel tours. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh we lead the tours to Israel every year. It's uh, 12 days, and uh, you'll just be blown away walking where Jesus walked, reading the events of the Bible, and being in those places. It makes the Bible come alive, uh-huh. and it's very important. And when you go throughout the land of Israel, you can't believe. Uh, you have to read the history to understand what tremendous amount of work and suffering the Jews put in to take that land, which had just been left, a wilderness in some places, swamps in another. They right. used their know-how and their technology. They restored that land, and now everywhere you go, flowers, fruit, palm trees. It's kind of like it's like Miami. It's <laughs> wonderful.
0: So you're yeah, naked. it's like a little, a little mini Florida, but with the blessing of the Lord over there in Israel. That is. So it
1: funny. is, man. I used to live uh, up in um, Orlando when I was real little, and I do kind of remember parts of Florida and. It was a blessing to to go down to Miami and see you this year. And you're right. I I think of of Israel a lot like Miami because it's it's they're both tropical. You know, they're both on the ocean and <laughs> and uh, they're both beautiful. So uh, uh, you folks living in Miami, it's like being in Israel.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a nice place except for August. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Israel does have its hot months too. And uh, but yeah, yeah. So that the prophecy there in verses eight are just uh, verse eight is amazing. Now. Again, uh, Ezekiel is passing along God's message to this leader, Gog, this, this guy who will lead this war against Israel. And verse 9 says, You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. So we know that when Russia leads a coalition of nations against Israel, it will be an overwhelming force. It'll, it'll be like a storm. It'll be like when you look out on the horizon, and you see the black clouds heading towards you, that's what it'll be like for Israel. They will see an army, uh, actually a combination of armies, descending upon them overwhelmingly, and with Israel having absolutely no way to defend themselves against such an onslaught.
0: Mm. And you know, Nathan, that is an excellent point. And of course, our time is almost up for this first segment of the program. You are tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the God and Magog War, Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine. And we pray that you can stay tuned to the second segment of our program, and be part of this wonderful uh, journey that we're taking in this battle that is yet to come in the latter days. Nathan, thank you so much for being part of this first segment of the program. And it's always a joy to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista Nathan Jones, we will be right back. But remember you can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. You are listening to T-Wave,
1: Calvary Chapel Spanish
0: Radio. Truth will set you free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones. We're transmitting live from the Aventura-Hollandale station. We pray that you can stay tuned and also pray that the technology and everything will work without any problems. And today's subject matter will be that of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog and Magog War. But before we continue, once again, I would like to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer.
1: I'd love to, Pastor Vic. Thank you for having me on. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for your word. And, Lord, your word changes people's hearts, gives them new lives, new hope. And, Lord, we pray that your word today will change people's lives. In your precious name,
0: amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista Nathan Jones. And our subject matter is that of the God and Magog War, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at CalvaryAventura.com and on Facebook on JNA32. Also, want to welcome the new T Way family, T Way.TV. Thank you for tuning in live via T Way.TV, T Way Casting, and live stream as well. And of course, we encourage you to stay tuned to the weekly programs here, such as the Bible Prophecy Programs on Eschatology here on Wednesdays at 11 a.m., also Tuesdays at 11 a.m., and on weekdays, the Pastor's Perspective, the House of Prayer, and Weekends, the Open Mic. For so those of you that find yourselves in the aventura Hollandale area, this November 8th, we would like to invite you to the Calvary Chapel Bible Prophecy editions of the programs and also for a special Pastors and Leaders Conference this year at their titled Watch, as the Lord Jesus told us to watch and to be ready, and it's open to the whole community. You can get more information at 305 992 seven. And, of course, before we continue today's program, I want to welcome my special guest and good friend, Nathan Jones of Lamb & Lion Ministry. Nathan, thank you for joining me on the second edition of today's program.
1: It's been a blessing. Thank you so much, Pastor Vic. I think that uh, T-Wave is doing an amazing work for the Lord, and I'm so glad you let me be part of a little of it.
0: Oh, no. Thank you so much, Nathan. Also, thank you guys for taking the time out to supporting us and praying for us with your blogs and your newsletters as well, so that uh, people can get the word out there about the soon return of Jesus Christ. And Nathan, just very quickly, if you wouldn't mind, I also would love to um, give out some of your information and contact information, although we've done it several times in the program, but maybe someone is new to this edition of the program, and they don't have all that contact information.
1: Sure. They can check us out at lamblion.com. Our website is L A M B L I O N dot com, and there you can find all sorts of our uh, articles and literature, our television show Christ and Prophecy, uh, social groups you can join, an e-newsletter, and a blog, and just plenty of material to teach you about God's prophetic word.
0: Mm. Thank you so much, Nathan. Yes, I would encourage our listeners check out this incredible resources. For being becoming a student of eschatology, Bible prophecy, as well, oh. and of course, Nathan, we've been having a great time making our way through Ezekiel chapter uh, 38 and uh, 39, and we're slowly making our way through it. But I keep diverting you, right? Uh, uh,
1: uh, oh, I get off track too. <laughs> I just get so excited. It the this is an amazing passage, I and mean, we're talking about two chapters of the Bible where God tells you about a future war that will come. It's got incredible amount of detail. It'll totally change the geopolitical structure of the world. And the Bible gives us lots of clues that it's coming pretty soon.
0: That's right. So that's why we're excited about this wonderful portion of Scripture. And as we make our way through, we would encourage anyone that you're tuned in, get your Bibles, turn it with us in the Old Testament there uh, to Ezekiel 38 and 39. Maybe you have an app that you can get the Bible on or your computer, whichever method you want to use. but uh, uh, Join us as we make our way through uh, these incredible passages. Actually, as Nathan has been taking us through this incredible journey, we talked a little bit about uh, the timing uh, of this war. Nathan, can you recap for us very briefly, again, regarding the timing of all
1: this? Certainly, certainly. And uh, if folks are meaning online Bible, art Lamb and Lion app, uh, also has a Bible in it, and people can follow along that way too. And uh, since you'd asked <laughs> about our contact information, I forgot to mention the app. <laughs> the Lamb and Lion app does have a Bible in it. Uh, Timing-wise, uh, basically, basically we're talking about here is a a war that involves a leader from Russia, along with uh, Turkey and Iran and all those stand countries like Kyrgyzstan and all. Uh, it also involves Libya and uh... sudan and those nations are going to come against israel they want to destroy israel and the bible here in uh, ezekiel chapter thirty eight says that it will happen in the last days or the latter years which is a a time indicator throughout the bible that talks about the the end of the church age the tribulation time period a seven-year time period where god's judgment will be poured out onto the world so we know that that this will take place somewhere in or around this tribulation time period it also be uh is to attack israel you have to have the nation of israel and uh that's been since uh, may of 1948 there's been a nation of israel again and they need to be at a time of peace they're feeling relatively safe and uh so when they're attacked they're not expecting it now israel doesn't live in peace and safety right now i Some could say, well, the Jews feel safe behind their uh, defense forces, and that's a possible interpretation. Uh, Others say that, well, they're not. They're constantly under attack by their 50 million hostile Islamic Arabs, and that's certainly the case, too. So uh, we know that this prerequisite uh, for Israel to be at peace has not quite come yet. So it's not happening yet. We're not just at the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, but we know we're getting very close because the alliance of nations that the Bible talks about now exists.
0: Absolutely. And that's exactly what we pray that those that are tuned in would understand that this is coming uh, very uh, quickly. We believe things are lining up perfectly according to what the Bible says, and we pray that... Those of you that are tuned in will also follow along with us because we're living in an exciting time. Again, you're tuned into the truth will set you free. Bible prophecy radio edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're touching on the subject matter of the Gog and Magog War. Our lines will remain open. You can text in your question or your comment. 305-992-9537. Nathan, you also pointed out the word the latter times when the Israel is going to be at peace, and you mentioned to us, of course, a nation needs to be put together first in order for them to be at peace, right?
1: Yeah, you can't attack a nation if it doesn't <laughs> exist, and for 1,900 years, Israel didn't exist, but it exists today. So those people who say that that the modern-day nation of Israel is an aberration, an accident, it's it's not important to God's plan, to, and they just need to go back to Ezekiel chapter 38, and it's clear that Ezekiel... Uh, has a plan? Uh, God through Ezekiel has a plan for Israel. I mean, really, what nation has come back to life after 2,000 years? Really, what nation?
0: Exactly. And no, and even throughout history, people can actually research this and realize there hasn't been one.
1: No, the Hittites haven't reformed a the nation. There's not the nation of Inca. There's <laughs> not the Mayan. You know, the United States of Maya. They don't exist anymore. They're gone. They don't come back. But Israel, God's people, the foundational people of the Bible, are back in their land again. It means something. It's, it's important. God uses the uh, people of Israel, the Jewish people, still to this day,
0: yes. uh, for his
1: purposes, and that's what's happening. This war will happen when Israel's back in the land, and, brother, they have been back in the land.
0: And the, and the Bible prophesies, Nathan, that uh, the world will be against Israel. We see, again, that uh, not many people are friendly to the to the Jewish people anymore. Uh, we see more and more hatred uh, towards them. Uh, we see so many nations wanting to come against and destroy them. So all that lines up, right, Nathan?
1: Exactly, and you bring up a tremendously important point, too, because you said all the nations of the world will be coming against Israel someday, and we read about that in uh, the end of this latter days, the end of the tribulation, the end of the seven years, all the nations of the world line up against Israel at a battle called Armageddon. But what we're reading here is only Russia, Iran, Turkey, Libya, Sudan, and maybe some of the surrounding nations coming against Israel. So we're not talking about all the nations of the world. We're not talking about Armageddon. We're talking about a different war, the War of Gog and Magog.
0: Yeah, excellent point. And of course, uh, uh, that, that's something to take note of, because that's why we believe, Nathan, that some of this can transpire uh, before the tribulation.
1: It's possible. I mean, if you want, we can go uh, through all the different timing scenarios, but uh, I think sometimes it's just easier to go verse by verse. So
0: however Definitely. you like faster. No, let's continue verse by verse, Nathan, because I think it's also important for maybe someone who's tuned in out there that's not familiar to the Bible. It would be a great way for them to also see what's going on here.
1: Certainly. All right. Well, then, uh, would you like to pick up with verse 10?
0: Yeah, I think that would be perfect. Thus says uh, the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass, that thought, thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil a uh, plan.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's, again, talking about this leader, Gog. This uh, guy from Russia, you know, people say, well, is it Vladimir Putin, you know, the current <laughs> president? is. You know, is it, uh, who is it? Is it a demon who's, in, uh, you know, possessed somebody that it could be? All we know is that God designates this person Gog, and Gog wants to lead Russia and a coalition of nations against Israel to plunder Israel of its wealth, and we know Israel's got tremendous natural gas fines right now good economy, and uh, the diamond trade goes through Israel. So it wants to get them. And like you said, it's an evil plan. It's a plan where verse 11 says, You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, and having neither bars nor gates, verse 12, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited, and against the people gathered from the nations, who acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Now, this is God's plan. He's coming to loot Israel. But it's fascinating in those verses we just read. It talks about a peaceful people, the people of Israel, being back in the land, right. that they're living unsuspected, and that they've rehabilitated a desolate land back to being fruitful again. And as we talked about in the last segment, after the Romans destroyed Israel in 70 A.D., they they left the land desolate. It was like a desert. Parts were swamps, but it was just unlivable. Uh, They talk about, you know, Palestinian people living there. There was very few people living there. It wasn't worth living there. But when the Jews came back in the early part of the 20th century, they began the long, hard process of rebuilding Israel, of draining the swamps, of of taking the desert and using drip irrigation to to bring it back to fruition. And and it is very fruitful today. It is actually considered the breadbasket of the Middle East
0: you know, Nathan, that, and when you really think about how incredible these prophecies are here in uh, Florida, we have Lake Okeechobee, which is, I think, the second or third largest lake in the U.S., I believe, and that was, uh, uh, in a sense, made by the by the Marine Corps, from what I understand, you know? And, I mean, the, the year and the time that it took for them to do such a project, and here, the whole nation of Israel is it, now like a garden, and God prophesied how this was going to happen.
1: Exactly. Uh, Same here in Texas. We only have one lake that's natural. Every other lake has been man-made. And it takes a tremendous amount of work to make a lake, you'd imagine. But Israel, uh, the Jewish people started showing up. Uh, They started building their kibbutzes. They looked around. The land was like a desert. and In other parts, it was swamps. They died. Uh, So many of them died from malaria and and other diseases and back-breaking work. But they did it. It took decades. But you can go to Israel today. And you can see that it is like a garden, and it is a direct fulfillment of this prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 38. It just blows my mind every time I read this.
0: That is awesome, Nathan. Very, very uh, exciting, and that's why we get so excited as we're reading these these verses, because we see all these things uh, happening right before our eyes. But yes, Nathan, go ahead, continue there in Ezekiel 38 for us.
1: Okay, well we get to verse 13 and it says, Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, and take great plunder? Now, when you read this verse, you're like, what are they talking about? (laughs) But again, Ezekiel was 2,600 years ago. He used the country names uh, for his time period. So let's fast forward to today the translation of Sheba and Dedan. Sheba and Dedan are the Arab nations, particularly uh, Yemen and those nations along the the coastline there. So basically the saying is that Sheba and Dedan, the Arab nations, that directly are around Israel, and the merchants of Tarshish. Now at that time period, Tarshish was considered the end of the world. Uh, Some translate Tarshish to be Spain, others to be England. But basically, for the Jewish people of Ezekiel's time, Tarshish were was the end of the world. So basically, what it's saying is all the nations of the world, including the surrounding Arab nations, the merchants of Tarshish, their young lions. In other words, their colonies. Which, if there's any part in the Bible that might reference uh, the new world, you know, North America and South America, this might be it. The young lions, the countries that were created uh-huh. out of. The Spanish merchants or the British merchants or both, that would be the United States and Canada, South America, uh, Australia. You know, Those are the nations it's talking about. So what it's saying is is that the rest of the world sees Russia leaving this coalition against Israel. and doesn't say, stop, or or doesn't say, you can't do this, we'll fight you. It says, oh, are you coming to take away all, the, all their money? And that's all they say. <laughs> they don't do anything. They don't get involved. Basically, the world sits it out. And let's Russia attack and try to destroy Israel.
0: And, you know, Nathan, that, that is a very good point you're making, because this, these are things that, uh, I mean, even when we also look at Revelation chapter 11, of course, we're moving forward. We see these two witnesses, and they're going to be killed, and they're just going to be uh, laid dead on the streets for like three days. And people are just going to look at them, but they won't get involved.
1: Yeah, they won't. Uh, you know. It's a satanic thing, but the the world hates Jewish people. They hate them with a passion. They hate them because they're God's people. They hate them because they gave us the Bible. They hate them because the Messiah came from them, and because God still has a purpose for Israel. He has, Absolutely. in his kingdom that's coming, he has a purpose for them to be a priestly people once they've given their hearts to him. Mm. Satan's trying to thwart that. And so you'll see in the world system a tremendous hatred of the Jewish people, especially in the United Nations, I, they are obsessed with Israel. I, I mean, you could have dictators slaughtering their own people, but the, the United Nations will get totally bent out of shape if Israel wants to build a house on their own land. Mm. So it shows how satanic it is. So the world hates Israel, but they don't really want to mess with Israel. And so we see that when Russia and this coalition goes against Israel, the, the nations just say, well, all right, you know, right, we're not going to get involved. Uh, good luck basically, they want Russia to destroy Israel. And uh, so that it's really, it shows that Israel will have no nations to, exactly. to. to the I, United
0: States. why. And, and some people always ask, well, where is America in Bible prophecy? You know, you hinted here uh, 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 at verse 13, but uh, also a thought regarding that. What what do you think your stance will be?
1: Well, I think you're right. Uh, the United States isn't in Bible prophecy. Uh, the whole New World system uh It wasn't in Bible prophecy. I think this is the closest you get to it when it talks about the young lions, the descendants of these merchants of Tarshish, the ends of the world. And that's about it. Uh, We know when the tribulation does come, the Antichrist leads the world. He creates a one-world system. So whatever the United States is in Bible prophecy, we know that it will be part of the one-world system. We know that it will be a nation that will support the Antichrist. And we know that it will be a nation that will hate Israel and turn against it and try to destroy it with all the other nations of the world at the end of the tribulation.
0: Excellent point.
1: That's about it for the United States being in Bible prophecy.
0: And and that's good, Nathan, so that anyone that's tuned in right now will also understand how this lines up, because we we stick to the Bible, and if the Bible doesn't say something, we don't say it, and if the Bible is silent, we stay silent, right?
1: Exactly. There are so many folks who, who try to fit the United States in the prophecy. You know, they, they come up with these crazy ideas. They look at, like, the judgments, the 21 judgments during the Tribulation, and they say, well, you know, that must apply to America here because America does this. Or, oh, the harlot uh, of Babylon, you know, that, that must be the New York City. And, you know, just right. these, oh. these guesses, but, you know, let the Bible speak for itself. And, and where it's clear, then say yes. Where it's unclear, say, I don't know
0: absolutely. You know Nathan, that's a good point because there's so many people that they're being misled by there's so much uh, out there confusing uh, um information about scatology and I also I always say to people remember YouTube is not always right. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, really, you can't believe the internet. Yeah, I did not know that.
0: We use it as a resource, Nathan, but I get calls also during the week about someone telling me what they read about Bible prophecy and -and so-and-so, YouTube, uh, what this guy is teaching. And I'm saying, man, you got to go back to the Bible. you got to understand the whole picture. Otherwise, you're going to be all confused.
1: Great advice, Pastor Vic. great advice.
0: But, Nathan, we notice, again, a great point you made there, verse 13, Ezekiel 38, uh, verse 14, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, Thus is the Lord God. On that day when my people, Israel, dwell safely, uh, you will not know it. And you touched on that earlier regarding, uh, again, the timing, why uh, we believe that some of these events can start to, we can start seeing signs now before the tribulation, right? Because uh, we notice the time when Israel is going to be fully at peace, uh, Nate, as you shared earlier, is when that covenant is signed.
1: Exactly. You know, the idea that... uh Israel's living at a time of peace. There, there is believed to be another war that should happen as a prerequisite to this war. Now, when you read Psalm 83, it lists the exact nations around Israel that are missing from the Gog-Magog war, interestingly. And it gives the idea that Israel, through their own defense forces, has to subdue the surrounding nations. That means Israel will finally deal with the, the terrorists coming out of Gaza yeah. and Lebanon and Jordan and Syria and Egypt, and they'll finally have to subjugate these countries to live in peace. And so many people who study Bible prophecy are are starting to believe that, ah, there must be a Psalm 83 war that happens as a prerequisite. Because, you know, if Russia said it was leading an overwhelming force against Israel, you can be sure that Hezbollah and Lebanon and and, uh, down in Gaza, the Hamas, and all these different groups will be more than willing to jump in and help them. Absolutely. But it's just silence. So something happens before that. It could be that once Israel subjugates the nations around them, that they are now dwelling in peace and safety and don't think that anybody would attack them. And so they're unsuspecting, like this verse says, that Russia would lead a coalition against them. But unfortunately, that's the case. Russia will lead a coalition against them. And we can read uh, verse 15. Then you will come from your place out of the far north. Again, as far north as you can get, directly north of Jerusalem is Moscow. We're talking about Russia. You and many people with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come up against my people, Israel, like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days, yes. the end times. that I'll bring you against my land so that the nation may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them. So here it is. This is the end of the... a good stopping point if, for time-wise, because at the end of this section, this is the, what God is saying to God. I'm going to bring you down. You think you're attacking Israel on your own, but I put the idea in your mind. I'm going to drag you down. I'm going to beat you, and then the people will know that I am God, and I have been talking about it, God saying all the way back from the prophets like Joel and other prophets, you know, 2,500 plus years ago, the world will
0: know that this prophecy came true and know that God does live and he does rule. Mm, You know, it's almost exactly what Nebuchadnezzar had to come to that understanding, right, Nathan? Very good point. God rules, and oftentimes man thinks that they're in control, right, Nathan? <laughs>
1: exactly. You know, you can read in Psalm 2 where, where it says the nations plot in the vein, but God laughs. Right. We'll laugh. laughs. You know, we think we're so tough with our nuclear bombs and our armies and stuff. You know, that is nothing compared to God. If Satan and all his angelic armies can't take God down, what do we think with our tanks and our machine guns are going to do against God?
0: Absolutely, and all God is going to say at the end is it's over, right, Nathan? In Revelation 14, there, and it's just going. Yeah. <laughs> to-
1: <laughs> yes, it's true. I mean, we're talking about a different war there, but when Jesus returns to this earth and he fights the Antichrist, the one world ruler and his armies, all the armies of the world, he doesn't have to fire a shot. He doesn't need his angels chopping up, you know, people. Right. <laughs> we who are the church, who will be following Jesus, you know, we won't get in, you know, be doing karate attacks or anything. It'll be Jesus.
0: Speaking. So, Nathan, I won't be able to use my moves?
1: No, man, sorry. You know, all your all your, your, your mad skills there, you're just going to be a watcher. Jesus alone wins the war. So when all these nations, and, and, you know, Russia, most people for the last hundred years have feared Russia and its armies. Uh, they're fearing Iran now with as it tries to build nuclear weapons. And the size of the army, these are huge nations. So Israel, little Israel of, of you know, just... You know, a few million people have to deal with millions of people coming down to attack them, and the rest of the world has no interest in defending them. You can see a picture, can't you? God is trying to get Israel to depend on him and him alone.
0: Absolutely. And Nathan, as we get ready to close, isn't that the same thing that God wants from every person that is tuned into the program? Uh, whether we have a relationship with the Lord or not, it's the same. But those of you that don't have a relationship with the Lord, you need to understand that Jesus Christ is the only hope. We need to depend, and we need to trust in him, because things are not going to get any easier. Some people think, oh, America, we're going to depend on our might, on our power, but America is changing. Only God can help us, and it's only through our relationship with Jesus Christ that we he needs to be our source, right, Nathan?
1: Exactly. God only doesn't do this nationally, he does it personally. He kicks out all the supports out of our lives. He allows trials and tribulations come to our lives if we're not in a right relationship with him. And he's saying, come back to me. Trust me and me alone. Give your heart and your life to me, and I will be your defender, I will be your savior, and I'll be the lover of your soul.
0: Wow, and Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I know we'll have a few minutes left of the program, but I wanted to see, Nathan, if maybe you can encourage someone who's tuned in and they don't have a relationship with the Lord, maybe how they can begin that relationship even right now.
1: All they have to do is pray in their heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises to forgive you of your wrongs that you have committed. He has promised to forgive you of your rebellion against him. He promises to give you a new life, new hope and eternal life with him in heaven forever and that is an amazing amazing thing because you know what to get that he had to send his son Jesus Christ to die in your place for your sins Mm. gift that might be free for you but it cost God everything he held dear
0: you know Nathan that is a great uh, point and that's why we pray that whoever's tuned into the program they would understand that we do this program is to encourage you to know that Jesus is coming soon he is the only hope for the world, and salvation is only found in Him in no other way. So we want to encourage you to trust in the Lord. Nathan, thank you so much for being part of the program. Can you believe it? We've come to the end.
1: Ah, Time goes by too quickly.
0: I know, but listen, thank you so much. May the Lord bless you, Nathan, and thank you for being part of today's second segment of the program. You too, Pastor Vic. God bless you. Thank you. For those of you that are tuned in, you can always get a hold of us at 321-END-TIME or three two one three six three. 8463. Thank you for being part of T-Wave and also the truth will set you free. Bible prophecy.